You can be shocked, you can be offended, or you can get your head screwed on straight by what I'm about to say. Poverty is evil. Scarcity is satanic. Financial suffering is a curse from the putrid, stinking bowels of hell. There is nothing holy about lack. You should not be giving away your time, talent, and expertise for free or dirt cheap, especially if you are in ministry. God wants you to prosper and the devil wants you to be pitiful poor. Today, we are unmasking the truth about poverty that the devil hopes you never discover. This is the Kingdom Builders Academy podcast with tips, tools, and biblical truth to build your brand, business, or ministry. If you're a Christian speaker, writer, coach, or entrepreneur, this is the podcast you've been praying for. Get ready to increase your impact, income, and influence. Here are your hosts, the mother, her son, and his wife doing business, ministry, and life to shape the culture for Christ. Tamara Lowe, Zach Lowe, and Jillian Lowe. Let's go. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the Kingdom Builders Academy podcast. And Coach Tam, you are fired up today. So take us in to the truth about poverty the devil hopes you never discover. I'm fired up and I feel like I'm fired up for good reason because the enemy is really deluded, in my opinion, deluded and deceived the church as a whole, calling what is evil good. Mm-hmm. Call what is evil good. Because I want to tell you that poverty in all its incarnations, from the soul-crushing poverty of developing nations to the day-to-day struggle and anxieties that people have about just making ends meet, that is evil. It is evil. If it is not good, it is not God. If it is not good, it is not God. And can I just tell you that being continually worried about finances, paying the bills, essentially surviving, the torment of that worry that affects your sleep, that affects your health, that affects your relationships, anxiety about the future because you barely have enough to make ends meet now, not having enough money for quality health care for you and your family if there's problems, the helplessness of being unprepared for crisis or joblessness and not knowing how to break the cycle of lack. None of that is different than what true poverty feels like. None of it. The only difference is that true poverty in developing nations is more excruciating with less options. But for you, for you, who can listen to this podcast, you have options. You have options. And I want to tell you, one of the things that the enemy does not want you to ever discover is that poverty, what I just described, poverty is not permanent. Poverty is not permanent. You do have options. You are not stuck. You are not a tree. You are not planted, immovable, and cannot go anywhere but the place that you are. You can move. You can change. You can come up in your thinking. And can I tell you another thing that the enemy hopes you never discover is that poverty is not about things. It's not about things. It's not about the things you don't have. It's not about the things you do have. Poverty is about thoughts. It's about the thoughts that you do have and the thoughts that you don't have. That's where it originates. 
So if you really want to get to the bottom of it and you want to get to the end of this whole paycheck to paycheck living, staying up late at night, feeling anxiety, feeling fear about the future, you got to start with your thoughts. You got to start with what are you thinking about? You got to think about what you're thinking about, right? So let me ask you, do you ever think that, you know, really wealthy people, they're probably doing things wrong. You know, they probably got there by evil ends, that they're probably greedy, right? Those are stinking thinking thoughts that keep you broke and keep you stuck. They really do. I know lots of wealthy people who are God-fearing, who are generous, who are loving, who are kind. I don't look at rich people, even rich people who are not saved. I don't look at them and think what horrible people they are. I think, wow, you know, they probably have wisdom in investments, wisdom in how to grow businesses, wisdom in how to do big things. They're operating at a higher level. So I think the first thing that that you really need to challenge yourself on is what do you think about people who are wealthy? And if you're judging them, be careful, be afraid, be very afraid, because Jesus said, however you judge, that judgment's going to come right back on you. It's going to land on you. Bunny, it will be the ick that sticks. So you've got to judge yourself that you're not judging other people who have money. Okay. Zachary, what do you think about that? Because I mean, we've got scriptures. We've got so many scriptures. Honestly, people who are stuck and struggling financially, they err and that they do not know the scriptures or the power of God, as Jesus yeah. said. Because if you know the scriptures, the truth will set you free. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. I mean, speaking of scriptures, I think there's more scriptures in the Bible about money than just about anything else. It's it's one of the ultimate tools, one of the ultimate tests that God gives us, right? It's like, it's a big part of like the game of life is what do we do with money? How do we think about money? Do we multiply it? Are we abundant? Are we scarce with it? It's like one of those like tools and tests of life. And the, the Bible talks a lot about money. So Coach Sam, you were talking about, you know, scarcity, mm-hmm. poverty, mm-hmm. being so bad that it's evil, right? So oh, what is- Evil, what, horrible, vile, vomitous. Right. So what's the opposite of it? I want to I want to attack kind of the opposite of it, which I would call abundance, Right. I don't necessarily say wealth, even though wealth wealth is good, but I would say abundance. You know, sure. my cup is overflowing. I have Amen. all that I need and yeah. more. And mm-hmm. the first point that I would make is is about the truth about poverty. The devil hopes you never discover. The truth is that financial abundance comes from the grace of God. Amen. It is a grace. It is a gift. It is a blessing that comes from God. Second Corinthians. 9 8 in the context of we're talking about money says god is able to make all grace abound to you so that having all sufficiency in all things at all times you may abound in every good work again talking about money and i like to say that is a is like a first person statement god is able to make all grace abound to me so that having all sufficiency in all things at all times, I may abound in every good work. So that's a that's a truth the devil hopes you never discover. That's a promise the devil hopes you never claim. So if you haven't claimed that, if you don't know that scripture, if you don't say that scripture to yourself, if you don't pray that over yourself, God is able to make all grace 
abound to me so that having all sufficiency in all things, I may abound in every good work. That's a tool. That's a tool for us right now. Take that one and use it. And talking about scriptures, I mean, the Bible is is full of that concept that financial abundance yeah. is a grace of God, right? That 1 Samuel 2, 7 says, the Lord makes low and makes rich. He brings low and he exalts. In Proverbs, it says, the blessing of the Lord makes rich and he adds no sorrow with it. Of course, we know Deuteronomy 8, 18. You shall remember the Lord your God, for it is he who gives you the power to create well. So we're gonna we're gonna probably address both ends of the spectrum here that you know they're they're polar opposites, poverty and abundance. And the devil would love to keep you in in a poverty mindset. For but sure. abundance is a great is a gift of God. It's a grace of God. So of course that's something that the enemy is going to oppose. Honey, what do you think? Well, you know, I was thinking about um a poverty mindset. But you know what's kind of interesting, and I'm the names shall remain protected, the witnesses that I I know people who are waiting for their husband and people who are stepping out in ministry and stepping out in vision vision for like their future business or like things that are new for them. And their poverty mindset is it's not I'm it's not necessarily wrapped up in the lack of money, although that may or may not be a factor. But what I was, what really came up for me is I know people who have like lack of provision in their mind around who they are Mm -hmm. in the Lord and like a lack of provision. They have lack in their mind. They have lack in their, in their soul like their prosperity that is lacking is tied directly to their belief to be able to actually do the thing they've been called to do. And they live caught up in the tension with all of this frustration. Well, if I had a greater measure of spiritual authority, if I had greater understanding of the scriptures, if I could move in the prophetic, if I had greater spiritual insight, the frustration, first of all, the frustration that you feel is actually put there by the Holy Spirit anyway. So that's where it's interesting, where we say, well, I feel just so frustrated. I just have such a desire, but I'm not where I want to be as a coach or as a mentor, as an expert in my field. And it's like, I feel such like poverty. I feel such a lack. I have such frustration. You need to thank the Lord for the frustration and the tension that you feel because that desire was put there by the Holy Spirit anyway to encourage you, which meant, which means he meant for you to have more. So it's like, it's interesting because this concept on today's topic for the podcast, I was just really thinking, um, Coach Tam and Zach, about how our minds can just also be lacking even into the call where there's like a a provision for the vision is like something in favor of what is to come. And that when you're not even mentally in agreement, when your mind, your will and emotions are not congruent with your spirit, you cannot move a vision forward. So it's like you can you can have all the money in the world coming your way. But if you don't have an actual favored position on the inside to step into and take hold of the authority he's wanting to give you, the vision that he's casting in partnership with you, money is not going to solve that problem. 
So if you have got a problem in your mind and in your heart about what he's called you to do and your ability to execute on it, that's just not a money problem. So I I agree with everything you guys have said, but it's just like, man, I've seen people with money and it's like they are absolutely miserable. Like it's it's amazing to me that you can be have lots of, you know, dollars and cents in your bank account and still be brutally stuck and just like totally lacking in your mind and in your life. For sure. For sure. And it's a faith walk, isn't it? You know, it really does come down to to where you are going to align your belief. And you have the choice. God has given us free will in that way. But I'll tell you, if you will meditate on the scriptures, because most Christians, most genuine born-again Christians, they believe that the Bible is true. But sometimes they act like it's not. Like in their everyday experience, they act like it's not. But if you will just really let the Word of God wash over you and transform your thinking. You know, um, the the apostle that Jesus loved, um, and he, he declared himself that. <laughs> he crowned that. He declared himself the one that Jesus loved. Um, he, he made this statement in uh, 3 John chapter 1. He said, Beloved, I wish above all things. Now, I just want to stop there for a second and say, you know, what if you didn't know the end of that verse, what do you suppose he would wish above all things? I wish above all things. And here's what he says, that you would prosper. I wish above all things that you would prosper. Secondarily, that you would be in good health. And third, um, that your soul would be prosperous. But even the order, I think, is significant. You know, that that it is it is God's will to prosper you. It is God's desire to prosper you. Um, here's here's another verse for you, okay? It says in Psalm 35, 27, let them shout for joy and be glad who favor my righteous cause and let them say continually, okay, how often do you say this, this next statement? Because the Bible says we should be saying this continually. The Lord be magnified who has pleasure in the prosperity of his servant. God has pleasure in prospering you. It's it's God's will to prosper you. God delights to prosper you. And if you look at the whole of scripture, you see Abraham, you see Solomon, you see David, you see Hezekiah, you see very prosperous people who walked with God and who had no problem with being prospered. Now, I want to tell you, um, there's a lot of people listening right now. There's some people who are with us live right now who have had a shift in their mindset. They used to think a certain way. Now they think a different way. They were challenged a little bit. They chose to think a different way. So for those of you who would say, I just want to help people and I want to help people for free, or I don't want to charge them very much. Like I feel bad charging people. I want to tell you, beloved, I do not question your beautiful hearts and wanting to help people for free. I do not question your sincere motives. 
Now, did you know that you can be sincere, but you can also be sincerely wrong? Just because you're sincere doesn't mean that it's right, okay? So I don't question your motives. I question the truth of your logic. So let's do the math here, okay? For those of you who are helping people for free and or for cheap and you and you sort of feel pious and righteous about it, you sort of feel like that's the godly thing to do. Let me ask you this. Those of you who are helping people for free or for cheap, how many people are you really helping? How many people are you helping for free or for cheap? Okay. Meaning they're actually getting results or transformation in their life. Their lives are actually being changed. Not just I'm talking to them for free, but they're actually getting results. Correct. Okay. So, you know, I work with with Christians and I have for over a dozen years. I've been a, a, a coach for Christians. Okay. And who, who most of them come out of this mindset of, you know, oh, I just really want to help people for cheap or for free, but they're struggling financially, okay? So so that's a little equation, okay? Like if you're not charging money or you're not charging very much money, do not be surprised if after the equal sign, it means that you're struggling. You're struggling financially, okay? So how many people are you really helping for free or for cheap that are really getting transformation? For the vast majority of people who have that mindset that I, I just feel like it's the godly thing to help people for cheaper for free, for the vast majority, I'm going to say 90 plus percent, it's a dozen or under a dozen. Maybe occasionally it's a couple of dozen people that you're, but that's that's unusual, okay? So a very, very few might be helping hundreds for cheaper for free. That's like the one percenters, okay? Almost none of you are helping thousands of people for free or for cheap because helping thousands of people requires money. So remember, I don't question your motives. I question the truth of your logic, okay? We're doing the math here. So let me give you a real life example. When I started coaching, I had 12 people that paid me $1,000 to $3,000 a month to help them. So instead of helping 12 people for free, I was helping 12 people for compensation. Now, over the course of a few years, charging those 12 people enabled me to pay permissions projects to go to Togo, to go to Brazil, Nigeria, Australia, New Zealand, and several other countries where I was able to help tens of thousands of people. If I had not charged those 12 people, not only would I have had personal financial stress paying my bills, I would have helped 12 people only, not tens of thousands. Therefore, if you really want to help the most people for free, you should be charging enough of them a respectable amount of money that you can help thousands. Does that not make sense? Like that's logical, right? So not only is it in the scriptures, it's just common sense. It's just common sense. And nobody else in the whole wide world has a problem for it, okay? Yesterday, I had two trees cut down. I paid $450 to have two trees cut down out of my yard so I could enjoy my beautiful mountain view a little bit better. I had no problem writing a check for $450 and saying thank you for cutting down my two trees. And you know what? Those three guys who cut down my two trees, they have no problem, no problem accepting my check. 
They didn't say, oh, you know, I feel bad. I just really, I feel guilty. I want to help you for free or for, you know what? Just, just give me $10. I'll be fine with $10. Nobody has a problem with that anywhere else, anywhere in the world at any time. But the devil wants to delude the people of God. The devil wants to abuse the people of God. And that's why I say this is a doctrine of demons. It is a doctrine of demons to mute your influence, to keep you poor and struggling, to keep you hurting and unable to help the people that you're called to help. Yeah, my favorite, my, probably my favorite chapter on that, you know, as we get into the specifics of, you know, charging for helping people and charging for your message is 1 Corinthians 9. You got to just go read 1 Corinthians 9. It says, Paul says, if we have sown spiritual things among you, is it too much if we reap material things? Right? Like we're, what's greater, <laughs> you know, being spiritually enriched or materially enriched? It's obviously spiritually. So if we have sown spiritually, spiritual things among you, is it too much if we reap material things? And honestly, you know, Paul talks about this in the context of, you know, you're supposed to pay. You're supposed to, you're supposed to pay. Those yeah. who, who do the work of ministry should be compensated for the work of ministry. Um, and if Paul ever second guessed himself in all of his letters, it was about doing too much for free. Like he says several times, like, maybe I shouldn't have, maybe I've done you a disservice yeah. by doing so much for free. He also says, if someone is not willing to work, let him not eat. So we have a responsibility to go out and work right now that we see that abundance is a good thing. Abundance is a grace of God. Poverty is a bad thing. What are we going to do about it? We have got to multiply our talents. We have got to go out and work. Seeking that abundance, seeking that grace is not a matter of praying that we win the lottery. That is not how it works. Like the abundance does not come from sitting down and praying that we win the, win the lottery. We have got to go out and do something. We've got to go out and do something. And I think that it's some of these things that we're talking about today. It's some of these things that are just enough to keep us passive. They're just enough to say, I don't oh, know. Reeks. I want to hold my nose. That sounds demonic. Just enough to keep you passive. Ooh, that's scary. Yeah. So part of part of our our mission here on the podcast is to challenge you is to challenge you to step out, to step out, to start working the fields, to start producing a crop, to start multiplying your talents. And I'll give you, I'll give you a, a, a tip and trick from Proverbs to multiply your money, trade your money for instruction, wisdom, and knowledge. Proverbs 8.10 says, choose my instruction rather than silver and knowledge rather than pure gold. Right. So that's that's God talking. That's wisdom talking. But it's it goes the same way with with our own education, our own knowledge. You know, choose instruction rather than keeping your money in the bank. Choose knowledge rather than burying your talents like that is a life hack. Like that is a handkerchief when I need it. <laughs> Honey, what do you think about all this? It's a lot to think about. One of the things I guess is a question maybe you guys can answer is, you know, so we've kind of defined that like the whole stinking thinking, the poverty mindset that this is all really the work of the enemy. So my question would be, where is the root and how do you think that people who do find themselves experiencing this? 
kind of roadblock, whether it's in their mind, you know, meaning it's towards their gifting, maybe finances aren't an issue, but they're really just experiencing poverty in terms of lack for like, could God use me to actually do the thing that's in my heart? There's like a lack of belief, a poverty mindset around either their gifting, their talent, their ability that they were made for this moment, whatever that is, how can people locate the root and then what should they do with it when they locate it? Because, you know, I think the root for everyone could look different. I think the enemy of our soul kind of has blanket strategies, but our lives are so unique. So that would be my question. As I'm listening to you both, I'm thinking, okay, how do I identify it? And then what do I do with it? Yeah. Can I take, can I, can we split this one coach Tam? Cause I think there's a couple things. One, I want to talk about the root and get touch one more point on the money piece, because there is that kind of poverty mindset, that money issue. But then I think what you're also speaking to is like a fear and then insecurity. And maybe coach Tam, you could speak to that one. I just want to, I was thinking about this as we were talking about the root, about the root of, of some of these money issues, some of these poverty mindset issues. And Coach Tam, you say something great, that success is a byproduct of good theology and that your money mindset and abundance mindset and an abundance grace is a byproduct of good theology, of good faith, of good beliefs. So here's something that I think gets twisted, that I think gets twisted. And it's like probably like one of the most well-known scriptures uh, is the love of money is a root of all kinds of evil. The love of money is a root of all kinds of evil. People in, you know, sometimes it's translated and mistranslated that, you know, or misinterpreted really, probably more than anything, is that money is a root of evil, that money is the root of all evil. And money is not the root of all evil. First of all, it says love, the love of money, right? And it's like, it's like the the parable of, of you can't serve two masters or the teaching of Jesus that you can't serve two masters. One of the ways that that can be translated in the original language is to cling to. We cannot cling to, like hold on for dear life to two things. We can either hold on to dear life to money, or we can hold on for dear life to God. You can't do both, right? You've got to hold one tightly and hold the other loosely. I think that's probably my my favorite translation of those original languages is we've got to hold tight to one and hold loosely the other. So we're going to hold tightly to God and hold loosely to money. But money is not a root of evil. We think that the root of evil is money, but it's actually kind of the opposite. The root of abundance is God. The root of abundance is God, right? Remember that that yeah. first verse I shared is that God is able to make all grace abound to you, right? So that we have all sufficiency in all things at all times. So the root of abundance is God. And we, we totally twist it. We totally twist it. And like we say, it's like why we're leading with like what the devil wants you to think, right? What the devil wa- hopes you never discover because the devil wants you to think that the root of evil is money. So, you know, don't think about money. Stay away from money. Don't talk about money. That's what the devil wants you to think, that the root of evil is money. But it's honestly, you know, we can completely rephrase that into an actual truth is that the root of abundance is God. So I think first we got to just have that right mindset. We have got to have better beliefs. And then Coach Tim, once we can receive that, once we can accept that and start start believing that God is able to make all grace abound to me so that I can have all sufficiency in all things at all times and 
and abound in every way myself to others. Once we have that, what's the next step of overcoming some of the fears that Jillian was talking about, about sharing your message, walking in your anointing, stepping out and developing your gift and going out and, and doing the work? I will get there, but I want to piggyback on what you said, okay? okay? Because here, here's the thing is that that Jesus drew a dichotomy for us in, in saying this. He said, he said, either you're going to serve God or you're going to serve money. He also said on that day, on that day, the, the great and fearful day of the Lord, on judgment day, there are going to be many who come to me and they say, Lord, Lord. Lord, Lord, we cast out demons in your name. Lord, Lord. And he said, not everybody who calls me Lord really considers me Lord. No. So that that ought to that ought to give you a pause for a second, okay? Now, if if you are not doing the thing that God has called you to do, let's say God has called you to write a book, God has called you to to launch a coaching program, God has called you to launch a bit business or or a ministry, okay? And you're not doing it because of fear and you're saying, I don't have the money. I don't have the money to do that. H- how am I going to do that? I don't have the money. Who's your God? Who are you obeying at that moment? If you are not doing something that God has called you to do because you have fear about money, you're obeying mammon. You're obeying money. You are not obeying God. So you're going to have to make your choice. You're going to have to make your choice. Am I going to operate by faith? Because, see, the Bible gives us a prototype in salvation. In salvation, we have a prototype. So nobody <clears throat> nobody comes into the kingdom of God by their intelligence, by their pedigree, their upbringing. Nobody comes into the kingdom of God by their good works. Nobody can be good enough, right? It is faith from first to last. It is faith. It is only faith that you are saved, only by faith that you are saved, okay? That's a prototype for everything else. You want fe- you want healing? You better have faith. You better develop your faith. You better trust God for healing. You want children? You better trust God for children. You better develop your faith for children. You want a godly spouse? You better have faith for a godly spouse, right? Anything that that you want, it's going to be a faith walk. You want a powerful ministry, then you're going to have to have faith and you're going to have to take action. That's the two keys, faith and action, right? So uh, just having faith is not going to be enough. Somebody prophesying over you is not going to be enough. Oh, but Tamara, Coach Tam, you know, I've had all kinds of prophets tell me that I'm going to have this worldwide global ministry. And what have you done about it? Oh, well, I'm mixing it with faith. Do you have it? Are you doing anything? Do you are you adding some action to your faith? Right? So we have a prototype. And the thing I really want to get across to you here is that that you challenge yourself, that you take a little personal inventory and you go, wait a minute, in the areas where I'm experiencing lack, to Bunny's question, the areas where I I don't have an abundance mindset, where I'm not believing God, where I have scarcity, where I have fear, where I have anxiety where's my faith? You know, like, where's my faith? I better press into the scriptures. I better change my mind. I better align myself with what heaven says about this topic. And we have a prototype for that. 
And it's so easy. The bar could be no lower. A child can understand the gospel. A little teeny child. How old were you, buddy, when you came to Christ? Five. Five years old. She was five years old and she understood the gospel. Okay. This is simple stuff. You do not have to have any degrees to understand this stuff. And do you know that Jesus went into various places and he could not do any miracles because of their lack of faith? So you want miracles in your finances? You better stir up your faith, baby. You better be transformed by the renewing of your mind. You better get after it or you're going to stay exactly where you're at. Okay. So I think that bunny is the root. I think that's the root that that either gives you fruit or or kills your fruit. Right. It's are you having faith? Are you having fear? Okay. If you're having fear, you can disavow yourself of that. You could say bye bye. Not today, devil. I'm not signing for that package. Return to sender. I can put on the full armor of God. I have authority over you in Jesus' name. Off of me, off of my family, off of my finances, off of my health, off of everything I have. Because I have all authority in Christ. I have the power of God. I can speak to this circumstance and I can see it change. And I'm going to stand in my faith. I will not be moved. I will be immovable. I will be unshakable. I am going to take action on the things that God has called me to do. That's that's your solution right there. If you are having lack in any area, scarcity in any area, it's a faith walk. It's no different than anything else in your life. And you know what, beloved? God wants you to be able to bless people so that you can abound in every good work at all times, having all that you need. You can abound in every good work. God wants you to help widows and orphans. How are you going to do that if you're so broke that you're having anxiety to pay your bills? Okay? It is not good. It's not good for you to be in that situation. And I think that the enemy has really deceived people through the generations by saying that somehow it's helping your character. You're learning patience, you know? Well, uh... (laughs) I heard an evangelist recently say that that uh, he had a neighbor and the neighbor said, well, brother, you know, we believe differently. I I believe that God, you know, God is teaching me to things through my sickness. And he goes, really? Then why do you go to the doctor? Why are you taking medicine? You want to be healed. You're just not trusting God. Right. Mm. So it's the same thing in in the financial realm or in any realm where there's lack, scarcity, poverty. Right. It's the same formula. It's the same exact formula. Is It's just getting the word of God on it, believing the word of God, repeating it to yourself, rejecting the enemy, humbling yourself before God enough to say, you know, God, I, I believe your word. I believe you have you delight in the prosperity of your servants. I believe you've given me the power to create wealth. I believe that you want me to abound in every good work. I believe you want me to have more than enough. I'm mixing my faith with your word and I'm going to take action. I'm going to learn some things that I need to know. I'm going to step out in faith. It's simple. It's really not that difficult. Amen. Amen. Good word, Coach Tim. We got to wrap here, but this was powerful. You guys keep listening. We got more where this came from. So keep listening, tuning into the pod, and we'll see you guys next week. Love you. Bless you. Bye, everybody. 
Hi, this is Tamara Lowe, founder of Kingdom Builders Academy, here with a free gift for you, our loyal podcast listener. We're giving away free copies of my newest book, On Purpose, How to Find, Fund, and Fulfill Your Purpose. You can download your free copy right now at onpurposebook.com. That's www.onpurposebook.com. Thanks for tuning in to the Kingdom Builders Academy podcast today. Join us again for our next exciting exciting episode.